Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is football and random things back after a two-week hiatus. What's up, man? We haven't farted in a while. It has been a while since we farted. We've been a little backed up. Yeah, a little, little stopped up. Welcome, or thanks as always to our friends at Iowa Diamond. That conversation really kind of threw me off. That was really weird. Really? Uh, really? Like, you're, have you been so out of practice that in conversations with me that you – like you anticipated it going on schedule? See, I've been doing Productive. serious professional journalism as of late, recording podcasts with Chris Williams at 2 o'clock in the morning in hotels in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That sounds... And now I'm back here, like, doing whatever this is. Chase your dreams, kids. Chase your dreams. You want to be a sports writer? <laughs> this, is, this is sports writing, folks. <laughs> to, you get to host a podcast named after flatulence and... Host podcasts at 2 o'clock in the morning in hotels in Tulsa. Woo! 2 a.m. in Tulsa is the name of my mixtape. Oh, nice. Well, actually, that's that's not a mixtape. That's definitely a country LP. That's fair, too. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll take a quick break. Hear from our friends at Iowa Diamond. And we'll be right back in the Carl Chevrolet studios on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. This is Iowa Diamond President Chuck Kuba. After 20 years of serving engagement and wedding couples, I can't help but reflect back on the thousands of wonderful folks we've helped and ask myself, how can we be so lucky? Is it our incredible ring selection or the quiet private atmosphere? Then came the epiphany. Out of all the people in the world, we make you feel like you are the most important people in the world. Because at that moment, to all of us at Iowa Diamond, you are. Visit us at iowadiamond.com or in person anytime. You'll see what I mean. We're back here in the Carl Chevrolet studios. Football is back, Jeff. Woo. It's football season. I'm glad that it transitioned so quickly from like, like it's fun because the team is good. Mm-hmm. And when you have like a successful basketball season, you know, like the, the DeAndre Kane years, which like the 2014, 2015, whatever, like they get it, they go, they go through the tournament with, uh, and then they lose and you're like, well, football sucks. So. Well, yeah, you like <laughs> wait you for next basketball season. Look at your season. watch, and you're like, "Well, basketball starts in uh, November." Uh, yeah, and then uh, in about ten months. Well, I mean, <laughs> everyone's excited months, for football because like there's optimism that they could be good, but yeah. like there's no expectation that they will be. Uh, whereas now, like it was a really disappointing end of the basketball season just because it was so up and down. Like I think the the the, the buzzword of 2018, 19 basketball is just inconsistent, mm-hmm. where they were so good and so bad. And literally between like the last two times we saw them win the big 12 title play awesome. And then the next time you see them play like absolute hot garbage. Mm-hmm. And so that up and down kind of roller coaster you go on, like if there was no f- spring football to care about, it'd be like, Oh God. So, but really how much do we even care about spring football considering the fact that there is no spring football game? No one will even get to see the team besides I saw them yesterday. That is the only time that, I will get to see them well, until th- August. Well, I think the exciting part. Um, this is I, maybe it's not necessarily for the for the f- the the average fan. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, the exciting part about this is that um, you get to feel out what the next year's roster can be uh-huh. without getting like a this is what's going to be. So like the the prognostication can start where like you uh, last year. I mean, one of the guys that came out. It kind of kind of came out of the woodwork in spring ball last year was Tariq Milton, mm-hmm. and 
So you watch Tariq Milton play, and you're like, oh, he's super good. And then you just get really excited to see him during the year. And so that was another reason, like, Kene Nwangu, like the guy that I've been harping on, like, he was so much fun to watch. He's so much fun to watch because I got to watch him in spring ball. I got to hear about him in spring ball or watch footage or clips or whatever that they put out. Yeah. It's kind of this teasing excitement that this is what you can be expecting in the future. Um, so it may not be that you actually get to see them play, which the spring game, I don't – maybe I'm just jaded, but – the spring game is such an overblown thing. Oh, like, man, when there's it no, was, yeah, there's, there's no, no point. point. No point in it. Because you, I'm not saying that it's a good or – I'm just – it's just so, – uh, to the casual person, they're like, what is spring football? Like, it's just – you guys get – we get to read some articles, and then it's just over. Yeah. And, and that's it. Um, I, I think we can probably uh, – hopefully I can do at least a little bit of justice. I'm going to try and get to a couple practices so I can go up and actually watch it. Um, but the, the thing that spring football is is – a total testing ground for everything mm -hmm. because there's no stakes like other than injury again i'm going to knock on wood just for this i don't mean no stakes in general because obviously you're trying to improve at things but also i'm sure that prior to john haycock testing or putting in that three down front two years ago i guarantee that that was a point of performance that they were going through in spring ball to see how it works yeah so you don't like this is that it's a total testing ground where like I don't know if we can run this formation or like tight ends next year. Uh, yeah. Tight ends and running backs might be your deepest position groups. So how do you get more, a bunch of them on the field? Well, you have to have some type, like I said, some testing ground. You have to have some capacity to be like, okay, well, how do we get Saner on the field at the same time as we get Chase Allen on the field, the same time we get Charlie Kolar on the field? Like how do we get all of these guys in the field at the same time and not short out the running backs? Okay, well, let's try this package. Does this package work well? And then you can go, okay, well, that works because of this personnel. And then you go, you know what? We know what fill in the blank. Like we know what uh, Deshante Jones, we know he's what he can do. We know how he fits in the role, right. in, in the role that he has. So he, we're not really going to play him so much at slot in the spring ball. Maybe they do. Maybe they have a different philosophy, but then you go, okay, well, there was a big playmaker outside, like with Hakeem Butler. Deshante Jones is a totally different type of receiver, but maybe on a few snaps or a little bit of practice, they give him a shot at what, like that X wide receiver that is a kind of the stand up number one target. Like, do they give him that shot or do they let another younger guy give that fill in? So you can kind of just test and plug guys in like, or the other thing they might be doing is they may have a clearly defined role for somebody that there's really no need for him. Like a, a guy that comes to mind, I think he can always get better and you're always going to still practice, but a guy like Ray Lima, we know what Ray Liam is going to do. We have absolutely no question. And it's yeah. not really like he's going to move around positions because you can't take a three tech. I mean, three technique and nose tackle, you can move him back and forth. But if they play that three down front, the interior guy is one position. Like that guy can't play corner. So right. you can't move him from one to the next. Right. So a guy like Ray Lima is going to take probably a limited amount of reps because you don't need to see him do anything. He's going to practice his work. He's going to practice his drills. He's going to do a few live reps. But for the most part, like the Alexander Robinson treatment that was always when I was there, we know what A-Rob was going to do. There was zero question that he was going to be the starter. Zero question he knew what he was doing. And he got to coach us. So, like, A-Rob was – Coach Pope was our my running backs coach. But A-Rob was, like, the co-running backs coach because he got to lead everybody else. Mm -hmm. So, what spring ball is – and the thing that's exciting for me and the reason why you guys can look forward to articles uh, or videos or clips or whatever – is you get to see a teaser of kind of in the brain of the coaching staff. Right. Like, what is the, what are we thinking we might do? Like, what are the crazy things? And the other thing is, if, like, <laughs> 
I think it's hilarious when, like, oh, the offense did really well today and the defense did pretty poorly. Yeah. Okay, well, what does that even matter? Like, maybe the defense was trying something totally new. The guys had no idea what it was. And then the offense was doing something that's all tried and true. Of course the offense is going to do better. So those kinds of things of, like, oh, the defense played well this spring. Well, maybe they were just trying less new crap. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, spring ball is really fun because it is – it is the, it's R&D of the company where you're trying just different crap out. Like maybe we try three running backs, put Kanae out there, you know, put Kanae at wide receiver. You put uh, Sheldon Crony in the backfield and you put Johnny Lang at, you know, an M position where he's motioning back and forth. I don't know. Maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't. But you never know until you try. And this is a really low stakes attempt to try. So basketball season's done. You don't really get to see if there is no spring game that you can actually like super co- like come watch and see yourself, which I can get to that in a second. Um, you still at least with the reports that you gave, and I'm like I said, I'm going to try and get to a couple practices and kind of relay the feel of what everything is. Um, but there's really not a lot that there's not a lot to lose other than again making sure that everybody stays healthy. So the strength program is really important right. through this. The athletic training staff really important through this, and then smart pacing of who's playing where. Um, that all that all that stuff is really important. Um, but I, yeah, like I said, I, I think it's just a fun time. It wasn't necessarily the funnest to play no. all the time, but it was. It's from a an analysis standpoint, it's a really important time. All right, can we talk about some things that I saw? No. You talk, You mentioned the the three tight ends. Yes. We saw them on the field together, all three of them. And I'm guessing. So I wasn't here. So this is me guessing on that. So I'm gonna guess Saner was more attached. Or the yeah, H-back position. The, the, yeah, the, he was the, the scene buckner spot. Yeah. And then you have Chase Allen be your downhand tight end because he's a better blocker than Kolar. And then Kolar is the stand-up outside guy. Mm-hmm. And I, that seems like... Actually, a, I think that... I think what they were doing was kind of the... Where, like, Sainer start in the backfield. He'd motion to the line. But Chase and Kolar would both be split out. out. Yeah. That's cool. Both, I, it's like, basically, they were at one of the... One of them was, like, at the X receiver spot. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really cool because both those guys have the skill set that can do that. They're obviously not going to separate like Hakeem did or did or does. That, that's not their game. Right. But the it's third and 14 or, you know, hopefully not third, too many third and 14s or second and seven or even a better situation like second and two and you're on the 18-yard line. You want to take a shot, then you have the big bodies that have ball skills that have enough explosion and athleticism to get off the line that you don't have to rely on, and I, I, like, I don't mean to say have to rely on Landon Akers, but Landon Akers' game is not a jump ball. Mm-hmm. Landon Akers, is, it's not a contested catch. His is, he's going to get a good release and burn a dude and af- someone like, out throws him where he finds a spot in his own. So having the capacity with those two guys to do that, I think, is really cool. Um, I also think Saner is a, he's a huge human being. Yeah. I don't he'll, th- he'll, they'll use him as a pass catcher more than they ever use Sean Buckner. Yeah. It's a that's a super you that is a super um, why the eye formation can exist uh, still is if you have that dude that like look at Iowa with their two tight ends they had Fanton Hawkinson like that the reason you can have an eye formation is you have guys that are flexible that can do everything right so you can put one in the backfield like Hawkinson played fullback sometimes like you can put him back there and he's gonna block somebody and so Iowa State can do the same thing that. If you're anticipating 6'7", 280, or whatever he is, to hit you, you're going to brace and slow down. All of a sudden, he releases into a pass route. There's an automatic. You don't have to try because of the, what, the way his position rolls. You naturally are going to get a little bit of space. So if you have a guy who can catch and run. Which he can. It's a, pretty, it's a really useful position. And I also think, like I said, he's a 
Dodge truck of a person. Right. Or a Chevy Silverado from Carl Chevrolet. Correct. There, there. That's much, that's much um, better. Like, it's... Did you see the Chevy Silverado? Man, I'm stumbling all over my words. She- Chevy Silverado that we drove to Tulsa? No, I did oh not. Oh, my goodness. It was glorious, dude. It's the biggest truck I've ever rode into my life. It was like driving a monster truck. I still am. I'm super content with my Colorado still from Carl's. All right. Uh, another thing. You mentioned Hakeem. We're talking about the, the tight ends in this sense. Obviously, the X receiver spot is one that they've got to figure out who's going to kind of fill that role. Yesterday, I was impressed by Jalen Martin. Yes. Yes. That's who they had out there as the number one. Another guy that I think might Josh, end up. Josh Johnson? Sean Shaw. Oh. That's he's was, a, he's he a big tall kid, isn't he? Yeah, he looked good. He's yeah. six, 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 seven. He's he doesn't yeah. have the same. He's not. No, he's got to put some more weight on. Well, probably. he's a baby still, isn't he? Yeah, he's only he'll be a retro freshman. Yeah, but he looked good, dude. He he's gonna be a player. Yeah, I, and the the cool thing is, um, because of the flexibility uh, and the way that they've recruited, um, you lose guys. You lose Hakeem. You lose Montgomery. You lose you know Matt Eaton. Like you lose those guys. And you, your offense may not look the same, mm-hmm. but I think the one thing that, and the defensive staff, the defensive side is way easier to explain this because you can see like, well, we have a whole bunch of linebackers, not a lot of D linemen. Let's play a three down front. And so they're going to match the defense to the personnel. They're going to go square peg, square hole. They're not going to try and like morph something into what they're not. And the offense now, like last year, it was Dave Montgomery and Hakeem Butler are really, really good. And then let's make that the primary focus and find everyone else around it. And so you have those two positions that are kind of the dominant offensive threats. That's going to be totally different this year. But you have four running backs at least that can play. You have three tight ends at least that can play. And you have two slot receivers that are probably your primaries, that are your primary targets as as far as the wide receiver group. And then you have like seven dudes that you can interchange at those outside positions. They should just play play an offense where it's uh, three tight ends, four running backs, seven guys. Brock Purdy. Uh, Three linemen? No. Uh, Tariq Milton, uh, Deshante Jones, and Jalen Martin. And it's like flag football style where, like, the the guy has to take a knee? Yeah. Or it's like – and he's facing the quarterback? Sheldon Crony will – yeah, he'll face the quarterback and he'll underhand pitch the snap back. (laughs) That's totally going to work. There's no way this plan falls through. I don't – hey, find me another team in the country (laughs) that will be able to match their speed. What's up, Mike Leach? (laughs) See, you're creative offense and I raise you a totally – Bananas idea. <laughs> hey, nobody ever said I wasn't innovative. That's uh, innovative. Yeah, let's go with that word. But anyway, the, okay, but yeah. the cool part about this offense is that, and again, in spring ball, that you have guys like Shaw that can step up and say, I can fill a role in the offense. And it's not, you're going to, all right, well, here you go, son. Here's jersey number 18. Go be Hakeem Butler. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm going to, you're going to go do Sounds it. easy enough. Yeah. You're going to go do what you can do, and we're going to find a way for you to fit into whatever this new look offense is going to be. And so that's kind of the testing grounds, like I said, during spring ball, is that you go, okay, he can't do everything that Butler can, but some of the things that he does are really useful. So let's still have this three, two or three tight end offense that has a couple different positions, or let's play 12 personnel or 11 personnel, and then we can have two slot receivers on one side to, to really throw off the corner. And you can do a whole bunch of crap. And so I think that's, um, it, I, like I said, it's the really cool part about, um, a really cool part about spring is that you have guys that will just pop up, and you also have total schemes that can be created from guys having good springs all right so i joke about the offensive line but 
you do have the five guys coming back that started the majority of last season together. Here, I got a stat for you. What's that? There's 10 teams in the Big 12. Only one team in the Big 12 has more returning starts along the offensive line than Iowa State. When's the last time that you think we could say that? Uh, are you going to tell me? No, I have no idea. I'm just no. saying. It's like they're returning like 150 starts along the offensive line. That's a... Uh... I, that's gotta I don't know when when was the last time that was I have no idea I mean I'd have to I'd really have to like go back and look but I mean some of those last years like when you were on the team there was like a revolving door at some of those spots mm -hmm. where nobody could even rack up enough starts to really get numbers like that yeah it might have been like 09 when you had KO Hayworth um, Scott Houghton Carter Bukowski Ben Lamock those guys I don't know exactly who was the listed starters for game one but those guys had played a significant amount of football by together that yeah um but how, what can be the value of those five guys having played so many snaps together last year and then you come into this year where uh where you you feel like I don't think that any of those jobs are safe by any means I mean I, we've talked about that before where there are people probably in the program right now that could push them for their jobs mm -hmm. but at the same time you do for the first time in a while have some level of continuity where these guys have kind of come up together that's what I think is interesting because they've got these guys that have all kind of come up together and they're all kind of in the same classes and you'll have to replace a bunch of them at once mm -hmm. and then like then the next group comes in and they've all been practicing together as the twos and like you keep these groups of five kind of together mm -hmm. where they're all growing up together and coming through the program together so that it's not where you're like just plugging and playing all the time yeah. it's like there's some level of continuity already when you're having to fill these roles and so i think we've talked about this plenty the offensive line is a different position group altogether where a lot of times if you have the most talented wide receiver mm -hmm. the most talented wide receiver is probably going to play if you have the most talented linebacker, he's probably going to play. But at the offensive line, it's who plays the best together because yeah. that position group is so much, has to be so much more together than anything else. They have to move as a unit. And so how that works is... It's the same reason you play Michael Jacobson instead of Cam Lard sometimes. Exactly. He's more talented. The, the, the backup is more talented, but the starter has a better understanding of the role that he's supposed to play. And I miss Cam, but yeah, keep going. That's just, I just brought it up, made myself sad again. Oh. You know about that, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, like, I don't know if that's totally the worst thing in the world. No, I mean, I, it's, it, by no means was it shocking. It just is, it just makes me sad. Because you're not going to see him swat a ball or basketball in the 14th row? No, because I think he's a good kid. I mean, I think he's a good kid. It just it sucks it didn't work out. But all right, keep going with what you're saying. Anyway, but with the offensive line, you have to have so much continuity because every single block every almost every single there's very rarely going to be I as the center I'm going to block you as a defensive lineman with no help mm -hmm. very rarely is it a straight one-on-one -on -one. it's I'm going to block you if I'm the center I'm going to block you as a defensive tackle with the help from my right guard and then one of us is going to go get a linebacker so understanding what it feels like when your buddy is blocking next to you it's so much more it's so much better when you have when you have a full knowledge I think I've used the example before like is if you're pushing a car like with someone that's, you know, that you've never done anything with, you don't know how much force to actually exert to actually do something. Whereas if you know what your, your, the person next to you is doing, you know how much force to exert, when to exert and what to do, because you can just feel what's going on. Well, 
there's so much you can practice like steps and stuff like that, but you just have to know what your buddy is going to do right. in unpredictable situations because you've done enough reps to get an idea of what's going to happen. Right. So I know how long, if I am the center, how long do I have to hang on this block before the guard overtakes it before I can pop off? So having five guys together, like I said, it doesn't need to mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you have the best five offensive linemen. Maybe there's a guard or something like that. That's behind the starters that is stronger, better footwork, um, whatever he's a better player, but for whatever reason, just doesn't mesh well with the other offensive linemen, that guy probably won't play just because the unit is more important than the individual. And, um, I, that's the having five returning guys. And also I think an understated fact is getting Manning back. So having the dude's an unbelievable offensive line coach. The thing that I think will be interesting about that is that, uh, before he was so zeroed in, I think on one position, with the offensive line as the offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. And now that, I mean, obviously he's coaching the running backs, but I don't know how much of a, obviously there's coaching to do with the running backs, but it's probably easier to have a more broad view of everything yeah. than it is when you're focused on those five guys, when yeah. really you're just focused on one, right. like in the grand scheme of things. One of the or, or two or yeah. whoever's on the field. You can look at the entire offense much more broadly rather than just be zero, being zeroed in on those five guys on yeah. the offensive line. And so I think, and having him around to mentor the, the very young offensive line coach, like yeah. to have him mentor the young offensive line coach and then also be able to interact directly with the guys, mm -hmm. um, I think that's a really underrated fact. Uh, so the offense is in a really good position. Now, do I think that it's going to be the most dominant offensive line in the Big 12? Probably not. No. But do I think they're going to be drastically better than they were last year? I would hope so. Because I think this is I, the big improvement that should exist is in the middle of the offensive line with Colin Newell. I think he played pretty darn well, especially for being a freshman, but he was still a freshman. And a lot of times he get his ass whooped because he's just a freshman. But I think him another year of understanding, like how do I conceal my weaknesses and accentuate my strengths and then also improve upon those strengths and like mitigate those weaknesses. So, um, and it's just, once you've been in the battle in you, the trenches, right? it's like, you can, you're just a grizzled vet. You're like, Man, I seen some shit. <laughs> I, I don't think it. I seen, I seen some stuff in my life. Now he can say that about football before he's. He's just a baby. Yeah, he's just he's. Just so a, I've never seen anything. Just a little tyke. That's six <laughs> six. <laughs> he's like the last thing that I saw was, uh, was the when he was playing left tackle for the Ames High Little Cyclones against uh, <laughs> the East High Scarlets, <laughs> and their and their defensive end was five eleven and weighed uh, two hundred and ten pounds. Yep, two ten. Scrappy, gritty. Name is Chad. <laughs> Surprisingly athletic. He, he, he fought his butt off on every play, but it was, it was a little easier to get the edge on that one. <laughs> oh, man. So, I guess, uh, so for pro day. Shout out, to, uh, sorry for anybody that might have played defensive end for the East High Scarlets. I don't even know if that's a real thing. That he, I, I, I don't think they played them that year, but. I, if they did, I'm assuming uh, offensive lineman like Colin Newell was probably just mowing people over. Oh, he did. I was the sideline reporter for Ames High Football that year. Yeah, and I, I'm assuming it was very easy. Yeah, they had a good team. They're, I don't think they made the playoffs. Maybe they did, but I can't remember. Didn't their quarterback tear his ACL and the backup quarterback tore his ACL? Yeah, they had. They were like on their third quarterback yeah. by the end of the year. I think he was a freshman. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the last, I guess the other thing that was a thing is so the basketball season end of spring football started and pro day happened. So you were there. Well, I want no. We'll come. We'll come back to pro day. Let's talk about the defense first. Okay. You have anything else on the offense that you want to talk about? I don't think so. All right. Um, so defense then. Uh, obviously, one of the biggest positions that they had to fill was Willie Harvey's spot. Mm -hmm. uh, Chandler Pulvermacher 
was the guy with the first team yesterday. Really? Yeah, retro freshman. Good for him. I, l- the I'd like the pull. I was going to say, if if you were to say what position does this guy play, Chandler Pulvermacher. If you said anything other than linebacker or fullback, or fullback, yeah, one of the like the the position. If it, if it doesn't work out at linebacker, that man needs to move to fullback. There's no other position that Pulvermacher can. There's no quarterback named Pulvermacher. No, no, that that dude is an interior slamming his head against a cinder block. That's yeah. what that dude's doing. Yeah, and he was playing that spot that Willie Harvey, uh, Willie Harvey graduated and vacated. But I also have to give the caveat that Jake Hummel was sitting out because he had the flu. Oh, so okay. I mean, I'm sure he. I, I'm sure Chandler Pulvermacher will fit into that equation somehow. But I do imagine that once Jake Hummel is healthy, he will be yeah. probably that guy. Well, I also think that what's cool. Jerry about, Vaughn was working in there too. I think what's cool about again the defense is that it's so amorphous in yeah. a good way, where you can float. They have probably five linebackers that are quality linebackers. I think there's probably a clear maybe three, maybe four with Rose, Hummel, um, Spears, and uh, Orion Vance. Man, they need to get a, they need to get Mike Rose a more intimidating name if if it's gonna be Marcel Spears. Marcel Spears and Chandler Pulvermacher on the outside of Mike Rose. It's adorable. It's beautiful. It's got thorns. Um, no, but like the, what's cool is you have, like, like I said, four, maybe five linebackers that are quality players uh-huh. that you can do a whole lot with. And um, I don't know. I, plus the, these freshmen that they like. Yeah. And the, you guys have the guys that have already played before, plus these freshmen. I th- and I, I think the position group. Will McDonald's playing linebacker now, too. I think he's going to probably take, an, I would assume, at least another year to figure out how everything works. He's yeah. a stupid good athlete, but like figuring out what the flow of playing linebacker is like because it's a much quicker. You, on the defensive line, you have to react way quicker uh, because you only have so much space. But the reaction, the, the margin for error is a lot smaller um, because if you take a slightly off angle, you can still get yourself back because you're only looking like yeah. if, if I'm going against offensive lineman number 76 and I hit the inside of his six and I hit the outside of his six, like that's a big deal. But it's also something you can correct pretty quickly where if at linebacker, you take an extra half a second to do that and read it, um, then that 76 is going to be totally on your outside. Right. It's not going to be something you can respond to. So you have to be able to make it automatic. You can't To me, you though, can't think. if you can put in a package, like you've got one package where it's like, all right, we're going to throw Will McDonald out there at one linebacker spot. We still got Jaquan Bailey. We still got Ray Lima. We still got Matt Leo or Annie or whoever it is. Then maybe even you could put Matt Leo out there. Maybe a guy like Cordarius Bailey. And you're like, all right, we're going to give them a look where we're going to bring all these dudes. Multiple of them, I think you would consider almost to be a pass rush specialist. Yeah. This is like what yeah. they do is go and try and sack the quarterback. But then a guy like Will McDonald, if he's capable of actually playing in space as well, where he can back up and and do some stuff in coverage and just to give people different kind of looks mm-hmm. where it's like you're the quarterback and you're looking at it and it's like, dang, all these guys are super fast and they're all coming to try and hit me right now. And then they back up and you're like, oh, crap, this is not what I was expecting. But you have to do that in very limited amounts. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be just like a change up. Right. It'd be a change up one, maybe two plays or like a, a set of downs and then get the get them the hell off the field because those those novelty type things. And I don't mean this in sense, like it's bad, but like a novelty package like that, uh, it's very easy to predict against once you get out there, because 
I know that like, okay, let's find the weak point on this defense. And again, I don't, I think Will McDonald because of his size and athleticism, and I don't think he's a dumb kid. Like yeah. I think he's a pretty sharp guy from what yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Um, it's just going to take a little bit of time. Like I said, you can't think on the field. You have to react. And the only way you can change thought to reaction is just reps. You just have to right. do it. Um, but it would make me think of what do they call it? The, the Raider package, oh, the, the, the one that Raider they, or whatever. Yeah. The one they've got at Iowa. I, yeah. I, Raider radar. I think we called it radar. Yeah. Like when we they, were describing it on defense, I think they call it Raider though. Yeah. The one that like, we're just with, floating around or standing there. Yeah. With, with, and they were, they'd put Epinesa and mm -hmm. Hesse and I mean, all those guys out and there. At the so same like time. I said, that, that kind of stuff is, um, you can only do so much with it. Yeah. And it's a really like the reason like, oh, why don't people do that all the time? Cause if I know where you're going to be, if I know who's potentially coming, we can we can exploit a mismatch really, really quickly yeah. if I'm an offense. Because if they're going to be, this is a totally side story, but like if you're going to play that radar offense or radar something, then the people that are on the field, it's probably a personnel that's like the equivalent of a 4-3, where they're mostly bigger bodies that, um, you know, so you have seven guys. And the, the time that you're going to be doing that is a third and 11. Mm -hmm. And so if I know that that position is going to be on, or that f formation is going to be on the field, I can just full zone. So like I can tell my offensive line, like you block the guy that shows up to your left, just trust your buddies, yeah. just the, go to the, your left. And then I'm going to take my running back and put him off the right side. And then if we have another fullback or tight end, you're going to go right there too. So like, we're just going to zone this whole thing. I think on something like that, you're almost just trusting the fact that, man, we've got a bunch of dudes who are really good at trying to go and hit the quarterback. Yeah. Like, that's what you're really doing is, is you're just like – and you – I mean, it could be third and 15. You mm -hmm. get two third and 15s in a game, and it's like, all right, we're going to throw this out yeah. there, and we're going to trust these guys to go and try and hit the quarterback. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if people are like, oh, the, 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 the guy that's like, that seems like a really good defense to run – the problem oh, is, I'm not saying run it every yeah. time. No, I'm no, saying I, this, yeah. I'm just addressing this like hypothetical yeah. concern of this dude that's thinking of this. So like yeah. if, if I can full slide this, I can then I can at least give myself three seconds of protection. If I've got three seconds of protection against a four, three defense, I've got Tariq Milton one-on-one -on -one with a safety somewhere. Yeah. And there's no chance that that dude's sticking with him. So the only time that that's really a, an acceptable defense is like you said, a third and really, really long. Because I know that of your guys that are coming out there, probably four to four to six of them are coming. Right. I don't know which ones, and I don't, based on your the way you run it, a lot of times they'll have an indicator. Um, because you also, as a defense, have to know who's going in which gap. Because you still have to have gap responsibility. Because if I'm a quarterback that's mobile, and you just rush C gap, B gap, A gap, skip this other A gap, and then go B gap, C gap the C's are going to part like nobody's business. And I can just run for 20 yards that n no one's there. So I'm just saying, cause like, think about how good Willie was at doing at mm -hmm. rushing the quarterback from that linebacker spot. Willie is not six, five and runs like a deer, right? Like that. And Will McDonald, I've been told is the most athletic person they've ever brought into the program. I, I totally like, agree. Like I said, I totally agree. Like, you, I just, you've got, they've got so many pieces that they can just mess around. Yeah, with and that's what I was talking bit. about. Yeah. To like where in the spring where you can just do that, you float like, around, like yeah. try it. Like what, yeah, like what that, is this? What does Will McDonald look like at linebacker? Yeah. And what can he um, play? Does he play an inside linebacker? Does he play, does, would he be better at outside linebacker? Where do his instincts better fit? Um, because like I said, you, you cannot think on the field, especially a linebacker. And so the, the, the way that someone like Joel was able to do that is he could think like a quarterback right now. And mm -hmm. so that transition was faster because his instinct told him where the play was going to be. His body instinct didn't have the quite the, the rapid reaction time that, a, you know, like an AJ Klein who's been playing linebacker forever. AJ can do the same mental process and get there faster. So by the time that season ended, when 
um, Joel was playing linebacker, his brain and body matched up. Joel's playing quite well for the San Antonio Commanders right now. Did I not tell you, though, that that league was absolutely in danger, like right from the jump? Oh, yeah, because they had to get, they had to get yeah. like an infusion of cash. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I called that one from a mile away. Well, they also, their ratings are doing well enough that they moved the championship game like into Jerry World or something. Ooh, good for them. I think they'll be okay for a little while at least. I'm still not sold. But go, Joel. But anyway, um, at Why can't you just be happy for Joel Lanning? I'm happy for Joel Lanning. Is it, are you mad because they didn't draft you into the AAF? <laughs> is that what this is all about, <laughs> Jeff? Just damn jealousy. Ugh. Why did I not get to just play that? Just wait until two years from now in the in AAF Bowl. I don't know what their championship game is. 2021, Kyle Kemp, the MVP of the league, <laughs> with Joel Lanning, the defensive MVP of the league, at middle linebacker, squaring off with Johnny Football in the championship game. Just wait. And we'll see if you're excited about it then. You will be. You will. I know it. I was at a bar and one of those games was on. And I like looked up. I was like, oh, Johnny Football's playing. And then I went back to my conversation didn't pay attention to what was going on. Johnny Football played well. He carried his team back for a W in overtime. Cool. You don't like Johnny Football? That's not that I don't like Johnny. I just think it's so, I don't know. Like, unless you make it a farm system, there's really no incentive for me to care. Like, what is the outcome of this? This it's is football. just right. But yeah, the other thing is personal health. I don't know advoc- what the like personal health advocate, Jeff, of football players. Why do you need to play more of this super? Con- and then they removed a lot of the restrictions, like roughing the passer calls and stuff like that. It's not quite the well, XFL. I think there are roughing the passer calls. There are, just, but like, like yeah. they, you are allowed to tee off on a quarterback. And so the protection rules, the NFL is doing a really good job of actually like trying to push forward, even though it's a little bit ticky tack at this point, Mm -hmm. the longevity of the league will only exist if people are healthy when they're done or at least relatively intact. And by doing something like the AAF, just to appease the fact that people want football air quotes that you, um, are, are taking away the progress being made towards brain and body health. Yeah. And so it just seems like it's a, it's a cash grab. Be trying to capitalize on the fact that people are like, oh, it's May and I or March and I want to watch some football. Okay, cool. Yes, but let's not kill people that are trying to be aspirational to the league just to, for the sake of a buck. You guys feel that on top of your head? That's Jeff pissing all over your hopes and dreams. Not a fan of the AAF. Football. Not a fan of the AAF. All right. Uh, what was I going to say? Let's take oh, a break. Did you see the – I was going to say, let's yeah. take a break and go back to pro day. Okay. That sounds good. I was gonna, I had another thing I was going to say, but it's, it's fine. We, we won't talk about it. We'll be right back. Football and Random Things in the Carl Chevrolet Studios presented by Iowa Diamond, Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Jared here with another message from MechDime. Are you looking to jumpstart your IT career or maybe you're a student looking to earn some extra cash? Well, listen up. MechDime is currently looking to hire both full-time and part-time IT help desk agents to respond to and help troubleshoot client IT technical issues. You can get your foot in the door at an awesome company with a super fun culture that I've seen firsthand with my own eyes. So go visit the career page at mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Check them out today. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to 
Ames Eye Care, and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Welcome back to Football and Random Things presented by Iowa Diamond in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. Pro Day. Can I give you a – I'm going to do just some, like, overreactionary pro day thoughts. Okay. Just completely irrational overreactions. Can I ask day. a rational question first and then you dive into irrationality? Uh, no, I'm already in my irrational brain. All right, go for irrational brain. I'll give you one and then we can flip back and then okay. I'll go back. A whole lot of Tom Brady and Kyle Kempt. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I can't even jump on that irrational train. <laughs> 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 right, come on, dude. Did he run like a 5'9", like Tom Brady did or something? No, he just looked like Tom Brady out oh. there, you know? Sling it? Like, what, like, you see the picture of Tom Brady from his draft day? Yep. And that's just, it's like, when he's, he actually probably ran a pretty good 40. I think I timed it like 4'9", 5. Like 4'9", like right, like at yep. 5 flat, like mm-hmm. right there, which isn't good, obviously. But I mean, it's a lot better than what Tom Brady ran. I mean, wasn't he like 5'2", or something like that? Well, I thought it was like 5-4, like horrible. Either way, like off, most offensive linemen will outrun Tom Brady. Yeah, well, I, Tom Brady's slow as hell. Yeah, yeah, he is. His Madden speed rating is probably like in the 20s. <laughs> like, how, does he, how does he get out of bed and move in the morning? <laughs> bottom, bottom, the average bottom, person bottom, can walk faster bottom, than Tom bottom, Brady bottom, can run. Bottom, bottom, bottom. Uh, okay. Um, but can, no, I will really say that Kyle, like, I do think Kyle will get an opportunity somewhere. Just, I mean, Duke and he looked good the uh, the other day. I think with or yesterday, somebody would have to really want. I'm not saying in the NFL, right? I mean, he'll get like an undrafted, I bet, a spot, As somewhere. a potential look to go somewhere to try mm-hmm. out and see if he fits. I think he could be a guy because he's really sharp. Um, and if I, that doesn't work out, he'll be the MVP of the American or the Alliance of American Football. He's gonna take Johnny Football spot, straight up replace him. Well, no, he's gonna play. I think that Iowa State's in the Salt Lake. No, they're in the San Antonio Commanders uh, region, so he'd have to go play for San Antonio. Be Mike Riley, quarterback. Mm. Mm. Good, good. Pair the uh, Midwestern kid with the Midwestern coach. Any- okay, yeah, continue. Anyway, um, but yeah, he's really sharp. So he, can, story, he, could, he could pick stuff up and be like a decent practice squad quarterback just because he can service, you know, learn an, another offense or the, another style-ish of an offense to then serve the other, like the practice. So that could be a thing if he wanted to do it. Well, and he's smart. So it's just like, yeah, that's what I mean is he can pick stuff up really quickly. If he were to go be a practice squad quarterback, he, he, they can teach him the progressions of the other team week by week. And so we can have a pretty good uh, anticipation of how to do it. I think that's my understanding of what a practice squad quarterback would do. I was obviously not in the NFL, so I don't know, but it seems like that would be a position that he could do that. He could fill. I'm obviously, like I said, I'm being like, I'm obviously being hyperbolic when right. I say there's a lot of Tom Brady and Kyle Kempt. Maybe just a little exaggeration, not even a hyperbole, just a little exaggeration. Well, we're both going to look like idiots when Kyle Kemp's <laughs> got six rings. Oh, man. So, okay. So, I think the bigger question is, uh, did David Montgomery do better at Pro Day he did. than he did at the Combine? He did. I timed him at uh, 4 5 four. 
Okay. What was the laser at a tenth? I think it was four, five, seven. Four, five, seven was a laser. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty good by you then, because normally you want to you you essentially add a tenth from a hand to a laser. One. Pretty quick with the stopwatch. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, and I was standing a ways away from the line too, so I. So you were straight up guessing. Well, no, I mean I just I got good eye, man. I I've been around track all my life. Mm. I've got good practice with the stopwatch. With the with the thumb quickness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think Montgomery was, was the guy cause Butler tore apart the combine. And yeah, so he, he really, he that was do. Butler. He didn't need to do anything. It, it was more like, uh, like, you know, when you're playing pig or horse and it was like the last shot is a free throw uh-huh. and you make the free throw and someone's like, all right, prove it. Yeah. You just need to make another free throw. Like it's not even that hard of a task. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Where for him, it was just, you've already done something. We know what you can do. Was that a fluke? Okay, do enough to prove that that wasn't a fluke. Well, you're good. Like that, you you have already done your work. Montgomery had to make up for a terrible performance at the combine. Yeah. Um. So if he did that and he ran faster and jumped a little better, I don't know what he jumped. It jumped. The vertical is really hard to adjust in like three weeks. So I don't know if you can do that. But um. But the only drills Hakeem did besides catching the ball and stuff were he did uh like the three cone mm-hmm. and David did three cone because he didn't even do that at the combine. Yeah. Uh, I bet he did well at that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They didn't put out any official yeah. results, so I don't really know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he ran better in the 40, and he did he did the three-con. I, mm-hmm. I think that he probably, with what he ran in the 40, probably fixed some, some observations yeah. that people had. Um, what was the feel uh, at Pro Day? Because my experience is we didn't really have any high draft pick guys. Um, the guys that would come that they were coming to watch were like Jeremiah George mm-hmm. was really not necessarily like the, the cornerstone of who they were coming to watch, but it was a guy like who's on people's draft boards, but not super high up there. Yeah. He was a fifth round pick, right? Uh, fifth or sixth. Yeah. Um, and uh, but now like you have Butler and Montgomery, which are two guys that are probably really high up on people's draft boards, especially Hakeem with how well he's done in the postseason testing and interviews and stuff. I'll put it this way. It, I've been to now six pro days, I think, mm-hmm. five or six. It felt like a real pro day. Like an actual pro day? Yeah. yeah. Like it felt legitimate. The, the, and, there was there anticipation was, with watching someone do something. Yeah. Because, I mean, when it, where when those guys, like when David's about to run the 40, it gets completely silent in there. And it's just like, okay, like this, this is very important right mm-hmm. now. Like what this guy's about to do. Yeah. And, um, uh, some of those other ones that I've been to, like no offense to any of those guys, but there was yeah, but there's just, no stakes. I mean, the, the I don't even think all the teams showed up. Yeah, you know, it was like they'd be putting out, oh, we've got 24 NFL teams and five teams from the CFL today, and you're like, okay, cool, well, which means what 70 percent of the league thinks you have anyone that's worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like I said, I when I was my, my pro day that I was there for was I think 31. Out of 32, maybe it was 32 because, again, JG is the guy that you're mostly looking at. It right. was, and then a guy like Deion Broomfield or Jacquez Washington, that they're there are maybe they have a peripheral shot at, because he is, you know, he's a talented guy. Since they're already here, then they look at the rest of, like, the other notes of can somebody else do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I think that was that would be pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, was there anybody else that had some, like, jaw-dropping thing? Like, what did PV run? Or not PV. Uh, yeah, what did PV run? Or I don't, know, I don't really know. Harvey. Uh, how do I put this? I don't think Willie put his best foot forward yesterday. Mm, that's too bad. And I still think he'll get an opportunity probably as an undrafted guy. But I, I really hope teams will turn on the tape and not base 
their evaluation off of what they saw then because I just think he had a bad day. Yeah. Well, I mean, he kept – I don't know what he ran. I mean, it looked like he ran fine. But he in, like, three cone and that kind of stuff, he kept slipping. Mm-hmm. And it's just like – it. It was like everything that he'd do, just like he'd trip or something like yeah. that. And, it, and it used, I kind of felt bad for him. Yeah. Just because it's like, man, I know Willie's like a way better athlete than what it seems like he showed today. Yeah. Was it, I guess, was there anybody else that stood out of like, oh, that was cool? Man, Peeve looked good. What'd he run? Or, I, I don't know. I don't know. If we okay, didn't I just get official hand, I don't know if you hand-timed him at all. I, I think I did, but I don't even remember. I mean, four, upper 4-3 something? Yeah. Yeah. It was like 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four, somewhere in there. Yeah. You know? I mean, he, he looked good though. Like, yeah. dude, he looks really good. And... He's just a stupid good athlete. I think that he probably is a guy that put that put some people on notice yesterday. Where you look at him, it's like okay, like this guy, yeah, might be worth. So a, let's go dig. In, let's go dig into his tape. Yeah, and we have you know it's, we're a team. I don't know. Like let's say I think the Raiders have like thirteen picks. So or the Browns. The Browns have like twelve picks. Yeah, and they're yeah, like okay, yeah. well it's the seventh round. We have three seventh round draft picks. We need a defensive back. Let's get this guy. Well, and that's what he we we talked to him afterwards, and he said that. You know, he. Everybody talks to him about how much they love his tape and everything. You know, mm-hmm. and and he's like, and I think somebody asked him like, if you have if they have concerns about your height, like, what do you tell him? And he's like, he's like, turn on the tape. Yeah. He's like, talk to Keen Butler. Yeah. Six foot seven. I covered him every day. Yeah. He's like, it's not that tough. Yeah. He's like, people can have questions about my about his height or whatever. He's like, I get it. I'm not prototypical. He's like, turn the tape on. Because he's what five nine? Yeah, yeah. I, I, a guy that, yeah. I, I think there's two for sure draft picks mm-hmm. um, with David and Hakeem for sure. Where they end up, I don't know. Um, I would think because it's funny because DK Metcalf at Ole Miss went to Ole Miss and he looks like a statue. You get that guy. His tape is awesome, and I think you said it before. I don't know if it was on or off off air. DK Metcalf's route tree is run real fast. Yeah, straight down the field. And his, um, we were joke about Tom Brady being not athletic. Tom Brady had a better two, both his L drill and his short shuttle were better than DK Metcalf's DK Metcalf's short shuttle and L drill. Now that is a huge concern. If you are a, if you are a wide receiver, your job is to run fast and stop fast and start fast. Those three, those things you have to be able to do. And And this is what's concerning about the NFL where it, I think sometimes they draft people on it's like, man, that guy looks real good with his shirt off. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like in the movie Moneyball. I think we talked about this yeah. one day. Where it's just like, dude, that guy looks really good without his shirt on. We got to draft that guy. Yeah, and it, it may not be good. So anyway, if so some guys that will look at you know productivity and actual tape have Hakeem as the number one wide receiver. And then other guys don't even have him in his top seven because he went to Iowa State and he's not right. – you know, he went to Iowa State, not Ole Miss. And – he doesn't look like DK, DK Metcalf, even though the dude's a freaking Still looks statue like a freak, himself. Yeah, yeah. But he's not, you know, DK Metcalf. He's not the whatever, Nikhil Henry from Arizona State. Like, okay, he may not be the exact same thing that you're looking for, but like watch his tape. So I, it One really, thing that's pretty telling to me about how, how I think the league perceives him is the fact that he already has a deal with Adidas. I mean – yeah. They're not going out and signing somebody that they're not very, very confident is well, going to be a high pick. It's going to be somebody worth pro- like building their brand around. What they Also, um, I don't know if it's the NFL Network or ESPN did a Hakeem Butler thing. Yeah, like they, the NFL Network was there yesterday. Yeah, and they, so they, 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 they were, were watching him. Shots, yeah. yeah. And, and so him I, and David, yeah. And so I think that like there, he's enough on the radar 
to be worth worth noting. Mm-hmm. So that that's a, that's a I don't know. I think it's a big deal. That would be really cool if he was the one. I that wouldn't would bro- be shocked if he this. got invited to the draft. Really, legitimately, yeah. that's cool. I, I, mean, I wouldn't be shocked if David did either. Actually, huh? I mean, he he flat like we asked him yesterday where he's going to watch the draft at. And he's like, he's David did not want to talk to us very much. I don't hmm. think, but I don't think he doesn't. He usually not want to talk to media much. Uh, he used to be a very good interview. Oh, something happened. I don't know what happened, but well, actually, I have some theories, but that's not for podcast discussion. Anyway, um, no, he's. Uh, I think that'd be cool, and also like the uh, the shakeup of like my pick of having Hakeem Butler be first round draft pick of the New England Patriots. Uh, there's uh, they're gonna pick an Iowa Hawkeye tight end because Gronkowski retired. Like the Patriots are going to draft in the first will round. There, will there be an Iowa Hawkeye tight end when the Patriots are drafting with the I think 32nd they, pick? They have – I think they have plenty of picks to tr- – they could trade up to be 24 mm. and go take somebody because I think they have – I mean, they're one of those teams that always has like – you have seven rounds, they have like nine picks always. So I think they probably would – they have the capacity to move up to get one. I think New England will take an Iowa Hawkeye tight end and just I, – I, I don't know. Who take they, them both. Run it, run it back with the there you go the just smash brothers hopefully uh, just one without them, yeah hopefully one of them's not a convict i was just to say just without the murders yep that took a dark turn that's a very dark turn. yeah that was a, a, i don't like that did you do you get to when you are covering pro day talk to the scouts about what no. their thing is or is it totally off limits yeah no don't talk to the scouts they literally give us a piece of paper it says do not talk to the nfl personnel got it so when you were, I guess, who did you, did you talk to anybody like, uh, whether it's Mike Mayock or something like that, that would show up and say like, isn't Mike Mayock also the GM of the Raiders now? Yeah. He's not on the NFL yeah, network but, anymore. But uh, like somebody who's a national no, person. No, I, I didn't really down. see anybody. I think they just had like a camera crew there. Oh. They might've had somebody, yeah, but was, I didn't it, see him. It was uh, one of their, like they had somebody. Yeah. Cause he was, but he was around doing shots and stuff. Yeah. Like, so I don't think I really, like he okay. was never really where I could talk to him. Uh Another interesting note, Hakeem Butler spent a considerable amount of time with a scout from one team. I don't know if that means anything. Do you want it might mean something? I got can I he said it Butler did? Mm-hmm. Um is it the Buffalo Bills? No. Oh. It's uh a team coached now by a former Big Twelve. Ooh, head coach. the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. Mm, that'd be cool. I mean, it would push him into the second round, but I think that would set him up for success pretty well. Kyler Murray to Hakeem Butler? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool. I really, so I, yeah, Kyler, he should. Shoot, if he was at the end of the back, like at the back end of the first, I'm sure they could do something to trade back into the back end of the the first. With the Patriots or something like that, because the Patriots are always looking to trade down and find somebody else. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Was, I just thought was, that was, was Cliff was Cliff there? No, but I just thought that was of note. I was like, man, there's only one guy here that Hakeem spent a bunch of time with. That's the Cardinals guy. The Cardinals guy. Yeah. Which I mean, at the same time, you know, like you can read into that what you will. Yeah. But and also, I, just, I, I thought that that was interesting. Yeah. Of all people. And uh, it's funny because like you, yeah, don't read too much into that because they also, I mean, everybody at the combine might have already talked to Hakeem Butler and it's been like, yeah, we really like you. Mm-hmm. We don't, I mean, we're going to come to your pro day, but we already, we already know that we like you. We're, you're on our radar. You're our number one or two wide receiver, blah, 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 blah. So they may, that might have already been established by nine other teams. And then the Cardinals just didn't when they were out there. And now they are. 
So, like, don't think, like, oh, the Cardinals are going to pick him. It's like, well, you don't they know. They hardly even had a coach at that point. Yeah. Like, so. you don't know what else had existed. Yeah. And so, there, like I said, there might be five or seven other teams that have already ex- done the exact same thing, but behind closed doors with him to express say. their interest, to express what they want, uh, whatever, how, what ex- their expectations of him are. I was uh, say, you never know who could have called him afterwards or is like, oh, we want you to come and do an individual workout or yeah. something like that. And it's like, and it, that guy just happened to be talking to him out in public. Right. So don't, yeah, as a fan, don't get too geeked up on the fact that like the Cardinals are talking to him, but it is something to note. Like it's something to like, oh, at least there is interest from, there's interest from at least one team in or serious interest in Hakeem Butler from yeah. one team. There's one other guy that I thought really performed well that maybe helped his stock. Matt Eaton. Really? Matt Eaton looked really good. That's good. He seems like a like a just a really down to earth guy, mm-hmm. like a really just a cool dude. Yeah. And he's he also has a NFL type body, like a skill set. It's just his thing was the same thing as Hakeem's was just consistency of yeah. like. I don't know if he's a draft guy, but he might be an undrafted free agent guy. That I mean, maybe he works his way into the very end of the rounds, but I don't. Here's my guess. Here's if I had to put it on after pro day, if I had to guess of what is going to happen with all these guys, I'd say Hakeem is a back end of the first. Early second guy, mm-hmm. early to mid second, like it's that range. Yeah, where picks uh, picks twenty five to forty. Yeah, somewhere like that. David is probably like right after that. So mid would, second to yeah. mid third. Yeah, just because of the fact that running backs don't go early that right. often, which I don't think I don't know how much higher the first back taken he would even go. I think it's probably the dude from Alabama. Yeah, the Josh Jacobs. Yep. Yeah. He's he was the only guy that I watched in any game this year that was like I would. I would consider picking him above David Montgomery. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he could, like, that guy could go, like I said, they don't draft running backs that high. So, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't go until, like, 30, you know? And then, like, David could go shortly after that. I think Peeve could go anywhere from, like, he could go, like, in the 6th or 7th or, like, or be, like, one of the immediate, like, undrafted guys where it's, like, right away that guy has already got a deal Mm -hmm. as soon as the draft ends. I think Willie will end up with somebody. I think Matt Eaton will end up with somebody. Uh, do you man, think Deion, I wouldn't be shocked if Marching Murdoch was there working out. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if he ends up in another camp. Do you think uh, DeAndre Payne would get like that outside shot? I think he could end up end up in a camp with like somebody. an OTA type deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like and I I think that they're like all those guys. Most of the guys that worked out, I think, will have an opportunity to at least be in camp with yeah, somebody to give it a shot. To, yeah, to be in tr- mm-hmm. in whatever like the. Uh, what, what are they? OTAs. OTAs. Did Sean Buckner do anything? Yeah, he did. He's another guy that's like just man, sneaky, I, right? If like if somebody really needs a fullback, you yeah. know, why won't like why not bring or him to the camp and just see what he can do? Just a special teams guy, like right. the guy that it, he he. I mean, usually I think they get linebackers to do that job, but a guy that you're never he's not going to start, but um, has the potential to um, just be a, a free agent guy that they just sign and you know works his way onto a roster yeah uh is there anything else that you want to talk about no i think uh i think we covered it that was fun um i wish that we would have been able to do the mascot fights bracket conversation because who wins the mascot fights bracket of the sweet 16 oh i guess who's out there i don't uh who's currently in the sweet 16 you uh, uh duke, I have to pull this up duke and virginia tech michigan state and Who's the three seed in that? LSU. Let me just pull it up. Okay. I so, could have named it all for you. Gonzaga and Florida State, Michigan and Texas Tech. Gonzaga, definitely not. North Carolina and Auburn, Kentucky, 
and Houston, Virginia, and Oregon, and crap. Who's the two in that region? In which one? The it's the top right one. Is it Tennessee? Yeah, Tennessee and uh, Tennessee and uh, the four seed. No, the the three seed in that Purdue. Okay, so there's a lot of um, pretty poor mascot fight teams in here, like Oregon. If a duck were to fight anything, a duck loses. It's the unfortunate a, the unfortunate thing is that the the ducks might be the hottest team in the country right now. You uh not by not by fighting standards. Because right now see, they're going to play. You see them beat up on the anteaters the other day. Would you think an anteater would lose to a duck in a fight? No, this isn't like actually what's really going to happen. But like if, if theoretically a duck were to fight a cavalier, a cavalier is like a, it's a soldier that's on a ship that has a sword and a gun. There's no way, like there's no way a duck could beat a that. Cavaliers are like on horseback. A cavalier? Yeah. Yeah, either way. But like he's, it's, he's got his saber and he's got his pistol. Okay. okay. So there's no, and like, okay, so the Gonzaga Bulldogs, the problem is? Bulldog, you got to kill a lot of puppies in this bracket because they're playing the Florida State Seminoles, which is a in, like a an Indian on a horse that has a spear, versus a puppy. A Native American, come on. Native American. It, it, I mean, sorry. Cultural appropriation out here. Good God. There's not a. I mean, there's a few decent ones on here. Auburn Tigers. That's a solid. Like an actual tiger. Yeah, I mean LSU Tigers. Go Tigers. Yeah, go Tiger. Uh, go the Spartans. Spartans are good. The Texas Tech Red Raiders are pretty good. Guy literally has anything that has a firearm literally, at this point. Literally the devil. Uh, well, Blue Devils. I actually looked into the, like where the, the etymology of Blue Devil came from. Uh, it is actually a French mountain soldier. So like in the um, French, and, or French and English or Great Britain or French and English wars, uh, it was the soldiers that existed in the mountains that would fight um, non-traditionally. So they're the Blue Devils. And so that it's not actually a devil, even though they use the devil, but like it was named after French mountain soldier. So more or less, it's like the West Virginia Mountaineers, but less hillbilly. Thanks to Iowa Diamond for being the presenting sponsor of football and random things. The more you know. We've been, you've been listening to us broadcast from the Carl Chevrolet studios on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks. Peace.